Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Guardians of Hope podcast, where we bring together parents, nonprofits, legal, and medical experts dedicated to positively impacting children's lives. Before we begin, this content should not be used as legal or medical advice. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite, so please seek advice from your attorney or doctor to address your specific needs. The thoughts and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own. This is a platform for sharing. This episode is focused on fentanyl poisoning in children. So before we start, if this might trigger you or anyone who's listening around you, now is the time to turn this episode off. A recent study from Yale University examined the nation's fentanyl crisis among children. According to the study, in 1999, only 5% of opioid deaths in children were due to fentanyl, but in 2021, the drug was responsible for 94% of deaths. Pediatric deaths from fentanyl rose substantially in 2013, around the same time fentanyl deaths also trended upward for adults. Since 2013, pediatric deaths from fentanyl have risen 3,000%. The only thing worse about these stats is that these deaths are preventable. Joining me to discuss this is Brian Townsend, former DEA agent. Brian is the founder and principal of Eagle Six Training, which provides speaking, training, and consulting services to both businesses and law enforcement entities around the world. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, hi, Cynthia. I'm happy to be here and look forward to this. Excellent. So you spent 23 years with the DEA. Can you tell me a little bit about your work at the agency and how you're currently using that knowledge to raise awareness about fentanyl poisoning? Yeah, I served uh, 28 years in law enforcement, 23 with the the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration. Uh, 24 uh, of my 28 years were in some type of enforcement capacity. So I know a lot about uh, drug trafficking and how to work those investigations. I worked uh, 10 years in Arkansas, about seven in South Texas, uh, four in Quantico, Virginia, our training academy. And then the last two years, I was in Springfield, Missouri as the resident agent in charge, which is uh, means I oversaw all DEA operations in 25 counties in Southwest Missouri. So in 2022, I retired from the DEA and I, I opened my own business, Eagle Six Training. And I also work for the Midwest Organized Crime Information Center as a law enforcement training coordinator. And we serve law enforcement in nine states. So although I'm not wearing a badge, I, uh, I still happily work with law enforcement every day. Um, and I've started to build different curriculum, you know, based on my, my experience, uh, 28 years, most of that time with DEA. And I developed a program for fentanyl. You know, it's a, it's a four-hour program. It's very comprehensive. And it's really like anything else offered. Uh, it's, it was originally designed for law enforcement and other first responders, but it really expanded pretty quickly to, uh, to a lot of other audiences, uh, school teachers, administrators, medical professionals, uh, health advocates, uh, treatment recovery folks. Uh, most of my presentations are now open to the public, and, and those, but those are my typical audiences. So the past 15 months, I've, uh, I've been to 11 different states, and I've given this presentation over 40 times. And it's been well-received, and I think people are just eager for this information. It's very important, and I'm happy to spread the awareness. Thanks, Brian. So I wanted to ask, why fentanyl? Why is it so widespread? Well, 
well, quite quite simply, really, uh, illicit fentanyl is just very addictive. I mean, that's that's as simple as answer I can give you. It's it's extremely addictive drug, and it creates customers for drug traffickers. And the the, the cartels are making record profits from this. Uh, you know, they took advantage of our legal opioid crisis back in the 2012 2013 time period to push heroin, and and then they uh, they put fentanyl in the heroin supply, and it's just taken off. I mean, I call fentanyl a game changer. Um, you know, 24 of my 28 years in law enforcement were in some type of enforcement capacity and, and never saw a drug more impactful. It's it's 50 times more powerful than heroin. It's a lot cheaper to make. It's fully synthetic, so you no longer need the plant. It's just all chemicals. And and these pills cost the cartels just pennies to make. And, uh, you know, they, they've just saturated the market, and it's an extremely addictive uh, uh, drug. Tell me how children are exposed to fentanyl. Most commonly through pills, uh, you know, Oxy, Adderall, Xanax, Percocet. I mean, you name it. Uh, fentanyl's found its way into our drug supply. Um, it's everywhere. Uh, cocaine, meth, uh, heroin, if you can find it, uh, even marijuana, but that's pretty rare. Pills is the big way, especially for, for kids. Uh, uh, if, if there's a counterfeit pill out there, um, there's a good chance uh, it'll contain fentanyl. And they can find it anywhere is what you're saying. Like it can be found, a child can get a hold of it anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's, it's it's all over our drug supply. I mean, it, there, it, nothing's immune from fentanyl. I mean, it has found its way into everything. Like I said, most commonly the pills when it comes to children, but, uh, you know, because, but it's still, I mean, cocaine, uh, methamphetamine, heroin. I mean, that's, heroin's how it originally came in, into the drug supply was through the heroin. And then from there, it's just, it's, it's gotten to everything. So let's talk a bit about why kids are more at risk or susceptible. You know, the focus of this podcast is child advocacy. So I might want to bring it home for everyone who's listening. Why are they more susceptible to poisoning or over overdose? Sure. I, I think there's two reasons. Uh, you know, first is, is the teenage years are, are typically when people experiment with drugs and and the second reason is is they don't have the knowledge. Um, you know, they're getting they're not getting the information they need to make informed decisions. You know, only two milligrams of fentanyl is considered a, a lethal dose. I mean, two milligrams is maybe a, a few granules of salt or sand. And I don't know if you drink coffee or, or not, but your typical sugar packet is about a thousand. Or I'm sorry, about about a gram. So a gram's a thousand milligrams. So if two milligrams of fentanyl is a lethal dose, there would be five hundred lethal doses. In that one typical package of sugar, 500. And that's how little it takes to kill someone. And people just don't know that, especially our children. And then, and like I said, you know, the teenage years are, are, are critical for, for all types of experimentation. And, and statistically speaking, if, if people are going to experiment with drugs or alcohol, it's, it's usually in their teenage years. And that hasn't changed uh, from any generation. But what has changed is that, like I said earlier, fentanyl is in our drug supply. So now we have a drug that only two milligrams can, is enough to kill you, and it's made our, made our way into everything. And kids are experimenting now with drugs, and they're dying from first-time drug use. I mean, it is 
I can't say it enough. It's a game changer. I've never seen a drug more impactful. Mm-hmm. And being that it's so potent and kids' bodies are much smaller than adults, right? That even that makes it a hundred times worse. I'm sure. A- absolutely. I mean, they're not. They don't have the tolerance to it. Smaller bodies. Yeah, absolutely. All those factors play into it, and it and it's it's devastating uh, children. Does Narcan or Narcan? Am I saying that right, Brian? Yeah. Does that work in the instance? It does. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It reverses. So, so what happens is when you take an opioid, uh, it attaches itself to the opioid receptors, and that that's what blocks or reduces the intensity of pain. So, Narcan kicks that opioid off its receptor, and it blocks the opioid from doing what it does because it doesn't take a lot of opioid, especially this illicit fentanyl, to uh, to kill you to to stop your breathing. Um, I mean, your, your, your brain tells your heart, Hey, I got this. And, and your heart slowly stops, uh, stops beating. And then, and obviously you'll, you'll die. Um, so Narcan, naloxone is a, uh, is a medication that, uh, that prevents that. It, 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 I hate to use the word reverse, but that kind of what it does, it, it stops the overdose and it, and it, and it prevents the opioid from doing the damage that it, that it was intending to do. Got it. Thanks, Brian. And my, my last question is focused on schools and parents. How can we work together to address this problem and make it more preventable? Education and awareness programs work. And there's a lot of programs, there's a lot of people out there like myself who are providing accurate information to kids and, and just giving them good information because they're going to get information somewhere, you know, whether it's their friends, drug traffickers, social media, we got to give them real information, accurate information. And we got to let, let them know that there's, there's risks and there's consequences for the things they do in life. Uh, and the other thing, you know, parents can, can, can reinforce this, you know, these, these messages, uh, engage with your children, you know, have open discussions about drugs. You don't need to be a DA agent to talk to kids, uh, you know, be involved in their lives, know who their friends are, know who their influences are. You know, know if they're on social media, know what kind of apps they're using. Just just be engaged. You know, reinforce that positive message that, hey, only two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill you. Did you know that? And let's have that discussion. You know, be, be someone they can have hard conversations with. This is great advice. And what about the little ones? You know, when you and I first chatted about this topic, I told you I have a, a young son. He's 10. But a couple years ago, I had to have a real conversation with him about this because it was coming into schools looking like candy, right? Yeah. So yeah. how do we talk to little ones about this? Then we just it's the same it's the same conversation, but it's just a little bit more age appropriate. So you know the 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 words our vocabulary is going to be, you know, to a level that they're going to understand. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's the same conversation. I mean, we're we're talking about how deadly this drug is. I mean, you know, the, the example I gave you with the sugar packet, I mean, I think, uh, I think a young child, even though, you know, he or she may not uh, drink coffee, they, they can, it's, that's something they can visualize, you know, here's, here's a packet of, of sugar. And this one little package is enough to kill 500 people. You know, just, just making it again, having the conversation more age appropriate with the vocabulary and, 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 and words that they can understand and allowing them to ask you questions and, 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 and establishing that relationship where, where as they grow older and as they experience more of this, uh, of these negative influences in their life, that 
they know who they can go to to get real accurate information. Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for your time and, you know, sharing your experience and knowledge around this topic. If anyone wants to learn more about Brian's mission to raise awareness and foster a deeper understanding of the opioid epidemic and illicit fentanyl crisis, visit his website, only2mg.com. Brian, thank you. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm.